0: I want to talk to you on overcoming the spirit of the bondage of debt. Or you just simply said the bondage of debt. Alright? Overcoming the spirit of fear of the bondage of debt. You see, think about it this way. I was even trying to ask my wife. In my community, there are things you call I think my uncle should be able to understand that very well. People go to this traditional herbalist and they make medicines. Is that all right? And uh, they tie it up on the roof of their building. And as long as that thing is there, they won't die. So man have a way of holding back their lives. Amen. And now, what would drive a person to do that is that really connected to the fact that one, they do not want to die. Two, there is a fear of death that is driving them to do that. Hallelujah. So they have this kind of stuff in the buildings, in their rooms. Some pull them under their beds. I remember my grandmother, when I was growing up, she had that stuff, and... Um, she was, she was more or less gone, but the heart was still pumping. But she was dead. For almost an hour, she was kind of gone, but you can see, see the heartbeat, still pumping. And then, my dad was supposed to be the youngest boy in the family, but he was taking care of her. And then, she, he was not thinking, I said, no, it's like this woman had this tough. And then, he climbed up, I was watching my dad climb up and cut off one little thing, and as soon as that thing get out of the roof, they had been stopped. So, well, uh, to the medical world, I think is the is the kind of machine that they give to people to sustain them. <laughs> yeah, that's what they do in the medical world. Science is that not true? They put machine on your system. You are not there. Your heart is still pumping. Still hoping that you're going to come out. And so, even the traditional way, they have all of this. But the point I'm raising is this: there is one reason why man can go that far. He's afraid of death. Is that a Good. But I want to make you understand that you don't need to do that or get a machine to fulfill your days. Praise the living God. And if you must die at all, if you must go the way of the man of the arts, not the way God has ordained, because God ultimately has ordained that we go by translation. We don't need to go through the arts. Are you still there with me? There is a a going through the earth and there is a going through translation like Enoch, like Elijah. I mean Elijah. Hallelujah. These people didn't see natural death. So natural death is not the ultimate. Natural death is not what God ordained. Natural death is part of the state of the fallen man. There is a process by which you can move into glory without passing through the grave. You don't need to go buy a gasket because you are rich. If you understand who God is, put the money into God's kingdom, get ready for translation. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? So instead of preparing with a coffin, let me show you how best you can prepare and move out of this world. Okay. Now, I would like us to read the book of Hebrews chapter number two. Hebrews two. So that I make you see the very foundation of the reason why people do what they do. Now, one of the reasons you see a lot of people migrate from church to church, from prophet to prophet, they are all afraid they don't want to die. Are you sitting there with me? Instead of staying with the world, they go to places, they want to get prophecies, they want people to tell them what is going to happen. And even some of us who believe, as children of God, our heart is still disturbed because of what you call witches and widows. Now tell me, why do you think people go to join occult societies? They don't want to die. Are you still there with me? That's why they go join that. Two major reasons why people join occult clubs or societies. They want to have money and they want to live long. Am I right? That is the only reason they go do that. And for those who are in the household of faith, they run from pillar to post. Why are they doing that? They want to be preserved. They want protection. They, want, they think the prophet can prophesy a word, and that word is going to protect them. So they look for prophets. They're going to see vision for them and tell them about who is going to kill them and what to do, not to die. But this thing is simple. You don't have to be driven by the spirit of the fear of death. That is serving the spirit of bondage. And to be bonded means you are in slavery to a particular spirit. And God intends you to live a life of freedom because Jesus paid the price. And the Bible says here that the Lord says free is free indeed. You are not just free from anything. You are free from even the the works of men, the attacks of men, the imaginations of men, the thoughts of people. You are free from them. He can preserve and protect you and he can cause you to fulfill your days. Can I hear an amen to that? Hebrews number 2, verse 14. For as not then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, talking about Jesus, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through that he might destroy him that have the power of death, and that is who? The devil. Verse 15. And deliver them, who through what? fear of death, where all their life subject to what? To bondage. Can you get that? It means men continually in their life are slaves to a certain spirit and among them is the spirit of fear. Of death. God said they are subject. When you use the word subject, it means you are under. It's like you submitted yourself to that spirit. So men are driven all over the place, based on this spirit, having a consciousness of the fact that it could be now, it could be tomorrow. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. But the Bible made us understand that Jesus came to do what? To deliver us from this kind of spirit. And what pains me here is, their lifetime that means right from when they were given birth and become conscious of a life they enter into the spirit of fear of death so all their lifetime are subject when you are subject it means you are under bondage you are under captivity it means that spirit is ruling your life you don't have to be ruled by the spirit of fear of death this is where people run into prophet's hand and all manner of things are done. They run into a kind of secret societies. And all manner of sacrifices are made. But I want to announce to you. Jesus came and destroyed. He had the power of death that you might live. Praise the living God. The word bondage is very important here. It means slavery. The condition of slavery. By implication... There are a lot of people who claim to be Christians, but they are still slaves to this particular spirit. Are you sitting with me? They are still slaves. You know, you see, one of the things that will enable you to know precisely the condition of the heart of man is to listen to them pray. I'm talking about believers now. The way they pray will tell you the spirit that is in them. The manner of prayer they offer will tell you the condition of their hearts. God is not intending us to live under the spirit of fear of death continually all the days of our life. He came to deliver us and he did it perfectly well. Can I hear any man to that? So I'm going to give you three secrets this morning how you can overcome this spirit. Because you see, the Bible made us to understand faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? The word of God. Hallelujah. First of all, I'm going to make you see three examples of the patriots that walked before us, how they went into glory. Though they passed through, as it were, the way of men, but how they lived and died. Because see, it's a terrible thing to me, even scripture said it, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints." It's an embarrassment, for instance, that there is an accident. I'm just giving that illustration. And then they said, Ogu priest was in the vehicle and he died with his children. And Reverend Okoro was also there and he died too. It's an embarrassment to God. That Reverend Okoro should die with the priest of Ogu in the same vehicle. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Praise the living God. I'm trying to establish this fact that what kills the unbeliever is not supposed to kill you. Why? Because you are a child of the Most High God. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Are you sitting with me? It doesn't matter what happens. I was sharing my wife two days ago, an accident happened in the U.S. Two persons were driving one of them was not on seat beds. so they hit had an accident now the lady that was not on a seatbelt his head broke through the windscreen came out and the windscreen hooked her neck but she was still alive fire workers came broke the windscreen and brought her out took her to the hospital she didn't die she was still there but some of you even as believers before the accident happened they've gone Fear! Are you still there with me? The next thing you're gonna say, I know, I know, that prophet said it before. I know, I know, that man prophesied about it. The dream I had before. Man, why are you living in fear? God is alive. Hallelujah! Jesus is alive. So even if your, your canoe capsides, you will see come out. Are you sitting with me? I mean, I mean what I'm saying, you have to have the consciousness of who you are. You have to come to an accurate understanding of what Jesus has done, what he can do, what he's doing now. Our old ones, I mentioned that the other time. Most time before the pass on, the old ones, generation past that I even grew up to meet. They will call their children, come. And I won't even tell you I'm going to die, so I'm going to sleep today. And I begin to tell you, I have one point there. That land from that uh, coconut tree to the other colonel tree is for me. Are you getting what I'm talking about? That when you move beyond that, some few meters there, there is another pond there. That pond belonged to my grandfather. Then he, I inherited it. But now that I'm going with, to join my father, I'm giving it to you. This is the way our fathers were going. We claim to be scientific today. We claim to know God today. But here we are. Travel to Lagos, you won't return back. You begin to hear a story. Where is he? It's in the mortuary at Shagamu. Nonsense. It's not for God's children. Can I hear any man to that? If ever you must go the way of the men of the earth, you're going to go that way peacefully. With an understanding. And you must give instruction to your people. I'm going to give you an example of men that died in the Bible. The way I think God intends people to go. But then, you are not just going to die halfway in your journey in life because you are here for something. You are here for the purpose. Praise the living God. Let's turn to Genesis. Let me first show you the life of Jacob. How did he live his life? Jacob. Genesis 48. Praise the living God. Let me look at verse 21. 22, then we'll go to chapter 29. And a few verses there. Look at this. 21, And Israel said unto Joseph, Hallelujah. (laughs) Behold, I die. Did you get that? (laughs) He said, Joseph, come here, come here. Listen. Listen. I am just about going. But let me instruct you. Behold, look, I am about to die. But God shall be with you and bring you again into the land of your fathers. Hallelujah. That's an instruction from a Father. That's about to depart this world. Look at the next verse. Moreover, I have given to thee one portion above thy brethren, which I took out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword and with my bow. Is that what what I was saying before? Check that piece of land. It belongs to me. I'm giving it to you. Are you still there with me? Jacob said, hey, come on, come here. I'm about to die. But watch this. That piece of land is for you. I'm giving it to you. I got it through warring. But it's yours right now because I'm leaving. Amen? You should be able to share your inheritance if at all you want to leave this world. Don't die like a dog on the road. Don't die like a chicken on the road. Amen. No disease. No sickness. No body. No power. He is stronger powerful enough to destroy your life. Praise the living God. Go to chapter 49. Look at what he said. 49, verse 1. And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. <laughs> Hallelujah. Gather yourselves here together. Hear yeah, ye, yeah, sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel, your father. And he began to tell them one after the other, what will befall them after he has left. Some of us, we call ourselves Christians, we call ourselves believers, we call ourselves bishops. We can't even tell our children what our future will be after our departure. We have no insight, one bit. But the more painful thing is we claim to have a better covenant than these people. So tell me, who lived a more or a more glorious life and in a better covenant? I think they did. They could see What is going to be for their children tomorrow? They could tell. Especially at the point of departure. Because you see, when you are about to depart this wall, you are in between this wall and the other side. You can see more at that stage than before. It's just like when you are born into this wall. Before you get into the state of corruption, You can see that way and see this way. Are you getting what I'm talking about? And so when you're about to depart, you come to that same state, And I mean, one more time. You can see ahead. But here we are. We don't even have parents who can tell us what our tomorrow will be. All you hear is gone. Gone so soon. Gone so quickly. These are the kind of things we see. But it's not supposed to be. Amen may your children know how much is in your account before you go we don't want argument, we want to know how much is there if at all you have to go Make show us the checkbook praise the living God am I talking to somebody we want to see how many bank accounts you are keeping alright Znet First Bank, UBA let's know how much is in each of these accounts we want to know don't take them along with you they belong to us Hallelujah. All your properties, the ones you bought in London, let's know the street where they are that you kept from us before. We want to know now. <laughs> so here we are. Come and let me tell you each and every one of you how your life is going to be by the time I leave this world. That's a dying man. Now go, go to verse 33. Go to verse 33. Hallelujah. To me, this is challenging. Verse 33, are you there with me? Look at the Bible. And when Jacob had made an end of commanding his sons, he gathered up his feet <laughs> into the bed and yielded up the goats and was gathered unto his people. Can you follow the process? Here is a man that wants to die. And he begins to give instruction. By the time he finishes the instruction, he did say, help me. Oh my. At the point of death, the man still has energy to position himself. Yeah, we are dying. <laughs> Even before you start dying, people will be putting pap in your mouth, helping you, doing all manner of things. Are you getting what I'm talking about? But here is Jacob. The Bible says, God his feet. He still has energy to move his feet we are not even 60 i tried is killing us may god help his people as old as he was i'm not talking about listen this man wants to go he could still help himself bible say gathered his feet onto his bed that means he brought his feet out before we are not told they assisted him what is killing us Lack of proper covenant relationship with God. We do not have the right. Because you see, this Jacob was a covenant man. Are you still there with me? I going to preach a message on that so that you can see the difference between Jacob and Israel. But permit me to say this. You see, when God asked him, what is your name? He said, I'm Jacob. When he was wrestling with God. How I many of you remember that? But I say, you are not Jacob, you are Israel. In other words, what I'm seeing in you is different from what you're seeing in yourself. You see yourself as a thief, I see yourself as a prince. See yourself the way God sees you. And then you enter into a covenant with God and reveal the covenant principle that is in the life of God. Jacob said, I'm a thief. God said, No, you are not a thief, you are a prince. <laughs> Are you still there with me? And that is why I'm not talking to sinners here, I'm talking to saints. According to the book of Romans, the Bible made us to understand that we be called saints by God. Amen. So if God calls you saint, I can call you a sinner. And if you see yourself as a sinner, that's who you're gonna be. But see yourself based on what God calls you. What did God call you? A saint. Hallelujah. Are you done with me? So here we are. Jacob gathered his legs onto the bed. He didn't need any assistant. And Julian of the Ghost and was gathered onto his people. He joined the rest of the people. He had to join Abraham. I told you, how many of you remember the city we just finished, The glory on the side. He joined his people. You want to take him to the grave? He gathered up himself and he was gathered unto his people. In other words, he joined fellowship with Abraham and Isaac. Are you still with me? And so shall he be with any one of us. If you must go, you should go in the way of the Lord. Be strong until the end of your days. Praise the living God. Or in the story of a lady in India. He just get bets. I think 75 years old now. Get bets. through IV, whatever you call it. And he was saying, man, I'm not gonna die now. Why should I die? My daughter is not yet married. Until I give my daughter out in marriage, I won't die. Oh my, I love that. What is keeping you? <laughs> you don't even know anything yet about life. What is sustaining you? The thoughts of death are terrorizing you. That is why death is taking over your body. Hallelujah. But you must say, no, I'm not going to die. My daughter is just yet alive and she has not yet given... I mean, by the time I give her up in marriage, then I can die. I like that kind of faith. I like that kind of confession. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. Can I show you another patriarch in the Bible? Go to the book of Genesis 50. Genesis 50. Let's just look at maybe uh, 25 years. Let me see if that's what I want. And Joseph took a note of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and He shall carry my bones from hence." And Joseph died being a hundred and ten years old. And they bound him and was put in a coffin in Egypt. Now I want you to see that. He knew how he was going to die, and he knew where his bones should be taken to. Praise the living God. He called the children and spoke to them precisely. He gave instructions. That's my emphasis. Okay. Let me show you somebody about Moses. Come with me to the book of Moses. When I read mean the book of Moses, Deuteronomy chapter 4. The book of Moses. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Let's look at that. Let me show you something here. Hallelujah. If there is something you must resist in your life, is to resist the thoughts of death continually anytime you're living or walking or sleeping. Resist the thoughts of death. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Are you there with me? Look at verse 21. Furthermore, the Lord was angry with me. Who is talking here? Moses. For your sakes. And swear that I should not go over Jordan and that I should not go in unto that good land. Which, Lord, thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. Verse 22. But I must die in this land. I must not go over Jordan. But you shall go and possess a good land. Now watch this. Tell me, Moses knew exactly what was going to happen. He didn't die by accident. Now, let me show you something here. Go to chapter 31 and verse 14. Deuteronomy 31 verse 14. Book of Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 14. Look at what it says. And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, thy days approach it, that thou must die, call Joshua. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the living God. Uh, can you see it then? Behold, thy days are approaching. Call Joshua and present thyself in the tabernacle of the congregation that I may give him a charge. Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tabernacle of the congregation. Praise the living God. But what I want you to see there is, Moses was speaking to the people and say, Hey, come on, listen to me. God have already told me. I'm not going to enter the promised land. So he knew. Beside, he said, Looking. It is about time for you to die. You get a replacement. So it it was a conversation between Moses and who? And God. He didn't die by accident. He didn't die untimely. He didn't die before his time. If Moses went through that, if Jacob went through that, if Joseph experienced that, why are Christians dying the way they are dying? Something will be wrong. Either in our belief or in our conviction. Praise the living God. This was a dialogue between Moses and God. Now, until you hear God tell you this, don't accept any other spirit. Are you sitting with me? Even if a prophet tells you, no, 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 confirm that from God. Because death is not a gift. Come on, are you hearing what I'm talking about? It's no one among the gift of the Spirit. <laughs> part, scripture refers to death as what? An enemy. So God is not going to give you this gift. So even no matter who comes to give you a word or prophecy that you are going to die, reject it and renounce it right there. It is not the person that it must be you. Isn't it all you that said you want to die? Let God speak to you. I love what somebody said in the meeting. And I think to me it's very important. But that has to do with the issue of a calling. The brother came to him and said, God is calling you to ministry and God is calling you to be a prophet. And the man said, okay, fine, that's good. But I'm just wondering why God is afraid of me, that he has to come to you without talking to me. I'm the one that is calling. If God is calling me, he should talk to me. Is he afraid of me? Why would God bypass me, who is calling, and talk to you? To come tell me that he's calling me to be a prophet. If he must call me to be a prophet, let him talk to me. That's the beginning of being a prophet. Let me hear God for myself. If anybody comes announcing that you are going to die tomorrow, throw it down there, walk away. Trusting God, I give him thanks and praise to God that there are more days for you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah! So here is Moses saying, no, no, no. God told me, Joshua, I know you better come and stand and take my place. He was going to die, but with a replacement. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to give you the three secrets now on how you can stay through life and have conviction and know absolutely that you're not going to die before your time. Hallelujah. Secret number one. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Well, the secret. Let me refresh before I show you the secret. Because some of you are panting. I want to write down the secret. You just watch. I know you like it. Hallelujah. Look at this. 2 Timothy 4, verse 6 and 7. Bible says. For I am now ready to be offered. Who is talking? Apostle Paul. And the time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I finished my cause. I've kept the faith. Praise the living God. Now, how many of you remember that there was a time in the life of Apostle Paul that he was beaten and people thought he was dead? And they left him to die. And the Bible said the brethren came and they got around him. Life came back to him. How many of you have read on the Bible? Okay, so why do you think Paul didn't die? Even at the shipwreck, why do you think Paul didn't die? Because he had a course that he must fulfill for God. For you to live out your days, you must determine what God sent you here to do. I have finished my course. So, what's the false secret? Knowing the course of your life and pursuing it. Hallelujah. Come on, are you there with me? Amen. I'll finish my course. The word course actually is a course of life or office. It means a race, a career. Now I want you to understand, if God sent you out here to be a housewife, God intended you to be a perfect housewife, and you won't die until you finish your duties as a housewife. John's being called as a housewife alone by God to show an example of what and who a mother should be can keep you living and fulfilling your days. Calling is not just only in preaching as I'm doing now. Hallelujah. But you must find out why am I here? What am I living for? You should live for the cause that God sent you here for. You don't just have to leave just because you are living paul will not die because he was living for a cause do you know why you are existing that's the first question do you know why you are here do you know why god brought you here are you you think you are here by accident not at all there's a purpose there's a reason why you're existing and i'm not talking about in terms of just business that is part of it but the point is this if God is intending you to be a mega businessman, it is for the sake of his kingdom. You must find out. And once you know why you are here, I tell you, no power in the universe can destroy your life. So there was nothing anybody could do to Apostle Paul because he was for a cause. Amen. You know, as at that time, if you watch the scripture very well, remember if you look at the book of John. And about the book of Luke as well, in particular, when John the Baptist was given birth, to the Bible, says Zachariah was in the course of Abia. Have you read down in the Bible? What it means to say is, you know, the Levitical priesthood were divided into units of courses. What that means is they function at a particular time. So, Abia actually is from Abiata. So, from the, 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 the course of Abia that was functioning. Is that alright? Good. So what I'm trying to make you understand is God sent you here and there is a cause that you are supposed to fulfill for who? For God. If you can understand that, it gives you faith. Listen to me. Nothing destroys me until I finish what I'm here to do. I have an assignment from God. I didn't just come here for being here. I didn't come to populate in Nigeria. I came here with a divine assignment and until I finish my assignment, there's no power in the universe that can destroy my life. Do you understand what I'm saying? You must know why you are existing. You must know why you were born. (laughs) You know what they asked John the Baptist? Who are you? He said, I'm not one of the prophets. But he says something. I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. He knew who he was. Hallelujah. If I ask you now who are you, what will you tell me? <laughs> That's the point. The cause you are here for is what sustains you, is what keeps you together. For the sake of the cause for which you were born, there is no power, no creator, no in this universe that can destroy your life. I want to reemphasize that so that your fear would disappear. If only you can discover why you are existing, if only you can discover why you are sent here by God, then your fears will do what? Will disappear. You know when Paul was to move, I think, to Macedonia or whatever, Jerusalem and all of that, they were telling him, Don't go. The spirit said, The men that have this belt, this is where they're going to treat him. He said, Man, why are you breaking my heart? You're just trying to cause fears into my spirit. I'm not only ready to be bound; I'm even ready to be offered. Paul was not afraid of death because he knew he was not going to die before his time. Why? He has a cross. Hallelujah! Jesus could not be killed until he fulfilled why he was sent here. He said, "I lay down my life, and I take it again. This power has God given unto me." Praise the living God. Until you find out why you are existing, the fear of death cannot depart from your life. But if you know you are here to fulfill divine assignment, then you can be sure that there is no power that can come and destroy you until you finish why you are here. That is a cause for every one of us. Amen, somebody? You need to ask God, Father, why am I here? I told the church several times now, before I step into ministry, ask the Lord, what are you calling me for? It's not a matter of pastor, pastor. No, sir. And God is faithful. If you ask him, you're going to find. He said, knock, he shall be open. Amen? Ask and you shall find. And God personally spoke to me. I told the church here, I know exactly why I'm existing. And until I fulfill that, there is no man born of a human being that can take my life. Come on, am I saying something to somebody this morning? Are you listening to what I'm saying? Find out why you are what existed. Why are you living? Remember what God spoke to Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse number 5. He said, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I called you as what? A prophet. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I was bringing you from the spirit dimension that, that you may be a prophet. So you didn't just come here because your mother and your father met. And then something formed and nine months and then one baby come and begin to cry and, and then they give the person breast milk. And do you think that is life? That is just a mold with which you are going to express who you are. The prophet in Isaiah was not the human form. It was the spirit in, I, I mean in, in Jeremiah. That was the prophet. Amen. You are here carrying an identity. And until you discover that, you will not fulfill your destiny. Are you there with me? Yes, you didn't just come here for anything. You didn't just come here to increase the population of this city. No, no, no. Not when Nigeria can't be then they include you. To make you how many millions? To make the giant of Africa? That is not why you are existing. You were not born the way you were born in your community for the sake of being born in your community. There is a reason. Until you find out why you are born, and stay in the course without defeating. Stay in the course without moving out. Anything can pluck you up on the road. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. Let's go to the book of Second Peter. Let me show you another example. That's Apostle Paul. He stayed on the course. Another thing that can take away the spirit of fear from your life and the Make you to overcome the power of death before your time is what I'm about to show you. Second Peter chapter 1. Look at verse 13. Hallelujah. And he said, Yea, Peter speaking. I think it means as long as I'm in this tabernacle to stir you up by the putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly. I must put off this my tabernacle, glory, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Are we together? Are you seeing it? Let me let me remind you of something. Peter speaking to the people. Let me put you remember on some things because I know very shortly, I'm going to drop this tabernacle. I'm going to I'm going to it's like going to how do I put it now? You know how snakes change their skin? Come on, is anybody with me? And then they renew their youth? As it were. I am about to get off this, my tabernacle. I'm I'm about to undress. To move on into another dimension. But before I do that, let me show you some things. And I'm not just doing that. God showed me. In other words, it was an interaction between man and God to know when to live and when not to live. And I'm going to show you how this revelation knowledge, how this word of knowledge from the Lord Jesus Christ can preserve you if you truly know that God has you here for a purpose and there is no way anybody can take you out of this life until you fulfill what he has sent you here for to do. Amen? Look at this. Verse 15. Moreover, we endeavor that you may be able, after my disease, to have these things always. What in remembrance? Now, let me show you how this thing works. God spoke to him, but let me show you how this thing works. A little bit. Uh, I think let's first of all look at the book of Acts. Hallelujah! But you know, if you you can go to the book of I think. Uh, John 21-18-19 to, 18 to 19, there's a strong scripture there that you can read on this particular thing. And that's very important. I think John 21-18-19 you know, Peter was with Jesus and Jesus told him, he said, now that you are young. Are you there with me? You can guide yourself, you can walk whichever way you want. said, so But the time is coming when you shall be old. Are you still there with me? And you have need for someone to do what? To assist you. Now, that word is what God, I mean, what made Peter to be strong. Let me show you what happened in the book of Acts chapter 12. But read that for yourself in the book of John chapter 21, 18 to 19. Go to the book of Acts chapter 12. Let's look at verse 3. Now, this is Herod. Herod picked James picked Peter. And then they killed James. And then the Bible tells us in verse 3 of Acts chapter 12. And because he saw he pleased the Jews, that's after killing James, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of a living bread. And when he has apprehended him, he put him in prison. And delivered him to four continual soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Hallelujah. Peter therefore was kept in prison. But prayer was made with a season of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping. Hallelujah. Between two soldiers bound with chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. Look at this. Peter was sleeping. Now, think about it. You know what? When he said, between two soldiers, this way it goes. If I am a prisoner, they have to chain my hand to one soldier there with a sword, chain my hand to another soldier here. I'm at the center, but my hands are chained to both of them. Are you getting that? They have their weapons and everything to protect. They are protecting me as a prisoner. But he chained me to them. So there's no room for escape. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Now watch this. The Bible says, James have already been killed, so Peter knew James had been killed. By implication, the Bible says, James, I am a hero that this pleased the Jews. So he was getting ready to bring in Peter to be killed as well. Also to please the Jews. Praise the living God. But here was Peter sleeping even with all that understanding. I'm asking you a question. Even if your bank account goes into red, you don't sleep anymore. Am I right? If your business is going down now, no more sleep. I mean, compare that with an issue that somebody who is your brother has just been killed. And it's going to be your turn the next day. Now you are sleeping. What gave him that impetus to sleep? Because the Lord told him, when you are old. And Peter said, well, Herod, you can do whatever you want to do. I'm not that old, my yet." Hallelujah. The Lord told me, I am going to be old, so no matter what you do, whether you kill James or not, you are not going to be able to kill me. And of course, that understanding kept Peter going. He wasn't afraid of death, he wasn't thinking about death, he was secure because the Lord showed him something. Hallelujah. So what's the a secret about your life, to live out the fullness of your days, is to know what God has to say about your life. So, if God says you are going to live up to 70, don't allow any demon called prophecy to come tell you you will die at 30. Do you understand? Even if the building is collapsing and you are there because the Lord said you will live up to 70, be sure you are going to live out the fulfillment of your days. Knowing what God says about your life, you do not only have to have the cause to pursue, you you also need to know. What God said about your life. So what is God saying about your life? What have God told you? Did God tell you you're going to die when you're 20, when you're 30, when you're 40? Is it God telling you that? Have you heard from the Lord? What is the agenda for you? Praise the living God somebody. Amen? As long as God has not told me that, no man is going to be able to tell me anything. About my life, and I will accept it. I told us a story here some time ago, i remember about four years now, or three. Somebody called me on the phone, and <clears throat> remember I told you one word, the other side. Called me on the phone and I said, Oh, Pastor, I said, what is that? Oh, I just got this revelation. What was the revelation? So I saw your children, they were all crying. They shaved their hair. And I said, what is that supposed to mean? He said, ah, I know you won't believe. I said, what, just say what you want to say. He said, well, it means that. I think we need to pray. I said, keep that in your pockets. Not for me. Hallelujah. My children want to shave their hair. It's fashion. Nothing to do with my debts. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm talking about? They just want to change their form. They want to change their appearance. and nothing. to Hey, man, you didn't see well. And you know what? Three days to that time, God spoke to me. What is going to happen to me when I'm 60 years old? And then you're coming with a phone and saying, it's not a vision. What vision did you see? Who gave you the vision? Man, don't accept anything from anybody. Stay with God. Are you getting what I'm talking about? So, yeah, Herod killed James, but Peter was sleeping. Some of you need to go sleep. Even if you got in prophecy before that, you're going to die next year, go to sleep. You are not dying. Come on, am I talking to somebody here. You are not dying. Go and sleep. Forget about all the intimidation. Forget about the voice that are coming to you. You are going to live to fulfill the days of your life. Hallelujah. Hear it from God and stay with God. That will take away the fear of the spirit of death from your life. Glory to God. You can live under that bondage, people giving silly prophecies, calling you on the phone and telling you they see vision about you, you're going to die. You're not dying because God didn't bring you here to die, you must fulfill your cause. I mean, that cause, you is a chain to say that you, until you fulfill it, you are not going anywhere. I place you under a cause today, you won't die until you finish what God has for you. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? If I can bless you, I can cause you this way. And this is a good cause. You're not leaving here. Praise the living God. You will grow old that if you can't help yourself, we'll help you. You're not going anywhere. No demon is powerful enough to take your life. Can I hear any man to that? Yeah. Cast those fears out of your life, for fear has torment. Some of you have been tormented every day. From fear to anxiety, leading to a manner of sickness, psychosmatic problems that you're suffering. Because you have wrong understanding about life. But God is here to help you out. Amen. amen. Right knowledge will deliver you. Praise the living God. Amen. You can't die before your time. Can I hear any amen to that? Amen. That's why you don't have any need to go and join any court. <laughs> so that they can give you some chimes and be doing some things for you. So that you can live. Well. You can live like that. Jesus destroyed him that has the power of death. So life is for you, not death. Praise the living God. Are you still with me? Now I'm going to show you one very simple one. Otherwise you say, Pastor, but I can't hear God. You hear God. I can't hear God. But this one, you don't need to hear God to key into it. And I'm going to give you a little secret today. Maybe some other time I can continue with that. But let me give you this one so that we can dedicate our twins. eh? They're just looking at me. Their mother is worried. When are we going to do this? We're going to do it very soon. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? Good. Let's look at Ephesians 6. It's a very simple one. Man, you need to live long. And there are simple things you can do. No power can touch you. There are things you just need to know. And once you came to them, man, life is sweet. Hallelujah. No demon has the power to take your life. Let Let me tell you something. The demon knows you more than you know yourself. Are you there with me? The last time we had communion service here, you know, I had a funny experience. I will tell you, when I went to pick up the the tables, here was this mad man walking, you know, it's a lady, just walking the street, and he looked at me, and I said, you this man, you this man, pastor, pastor. <laughs> I, I, somebody I didn't know, a mad fellow. How did she know I'm a Pastor you get what I'm talking about? I was telling my wife, why didn't you pray for her? I never had the signal to do so. Amen? Asking, she was able to recognize me. I'm a pastor. Saturday, I was just packing the table. Saturday. First of all, I said, you this man. And she was smiling. You this man. Pastor, pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, I'm, I'm trying to make you see something. Listen to me. In the spirit dimension, they know who you are. That's true. I can prove that from the Bible. Remember when the sons of Sceva were trying to cast the devil out of a man? How I many of you remember this story? The devil cried out, Paul I know, Jesus I know, who are you? That means they know Paul, they know Jesus. When they say who are you, you know that we know who you are. You don't have what you claim to have. So the devil knows you. Are you getting what I'm talking about? And that's a very good way to experience life as well. Praise the living God. Ephesians 6, are you there with me? Very simple secret. Verse number 1. Look at it. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment we promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Is it simple? Hallelujah. Honor oh, your father and your mother. Somebody say, I'm an orphan. You have a spiritual father. You are not an orphan. Are you sitting there with me? You have a spiritual father. Do you go to church? Your pastor is your spiritual father. You can live without parents. That's the way God ordained it. Your age notwithstanding. You say, honor your father and your mother. Children, you better listen to this. You can't pay for longevity. You can't walk for longevity. Simple secret. God made a promise and said, if you can honor your parents, I'm going to make you live long. Simple. It is God that will increase and multiply your days because you're following this simple instruction. Today we have youth who are ruling their fathers. How many, of you, how many of you have seen it? And you expect them to live long. Youth have taken over. They can even bring their father and their mother to sit down at the council. Tell them to pay money or they flog them. Make them to do frog jump. I will tell you how much we are reducing our years in the district. Are you sit down with me? We are just reducing the more you flog your father and your mother the more you reduce let me give you a scripture on that Proverbs twenty verse twenty you are rejoicing because you are the the president of the youth the chairman of the youth now you ask your own father to come and sit down they asking question why did you treat your wife like that you 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 have no head you have you, you don't know what you are doing you are now The presiding John over your father and your mother. You don't know what you're doing. No fear. You treat your wife like that. We find you. You that they gave birth to three days ago. (laughs) May God deliver the youth of these days. Look at verse 20. Are you there in Proverbs 20? Look at what it says. Whoso curseth his father or his mother, his lamb shall be put out in obscure darkness. How do you think they are going to make progress? You think they are going make progress? How will they make progress? The Bible says his light shall be put out in obscure darkness. And you know what darkness stands for in this context? It's not just you are not going to succeed. Obscure darkness actually speaks about the grave where there is absolute darkness. When you're inside a coffin, no light. You are walking towards your death. This is why people die prematurely. Without knowing. They so see by the way they treat their parents. No respect. Children wake up in the morning, not even a good morning. Hmm? Not even a good morning. No single honor, no single respect. And you want to live long? Then tomorrow you begin to think one devil. Listen, if you can apply this simple principle, there is no devil that can take your life. Hallelujah. If the one that calls father and mother, his light shall be put out. What about the one that honors? His light shall shine. So the only way for you to get into a greater light is to honor your parents. Is it simple? And God said you will live long doing this. People, hey, this thing is simple, man. You don't need to run to any harbour to live long. You don't need to join any society to live long. The principles are right there in the word of God. If you apply them, I guarantee you longevity. Hallelujah. I would like to look at the word honor. Very crucial. <coughs> Excuse me. To honor means to estimate, to fix the value how do you value your parents what's the value now think about that some of you think because you go to school your parents didn't go to school therefore they lose value in your sight. and then you begin to use silly names for them when they talk you begin to laugh, male because you think they didn't go to school you went to school you have no value for your mother Hmm? no value Estimated value. That's what we mean by the word honor. What is the value that you have for your mother? What is the value that you have for your father? Talk to me. You don't have any value for them. And you want to live long? You're joking. It. It's contrary to the word of God. You expose yourself to all demonic oppressions because you have no value and honor for your parents. And like I told you, Don't just say because your father and your mother is dead. Your spiritual father is alive. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? What value do you have for your spiritual father? What value do you have for your biological father? Talk to me. That's the word honor. Value for something belonging to one someone is. To honor, to have it, honor, to reverence, to prize. That is, fix a value upon. Okay, let me show you something. Malaika chapter 1. Not Malaika 3. So let not you have be troubled. Because every Christian knows about Malaika 3. I don't want to talk about Titan now. No, I'm not talking about Titan. But listen to this. Value. Honor your father, your mother, that may be well with you, that you may live long upon the face of the earth. No devil can take your, take you out. No devil can shut you up as long as you're working in this simple principle that I'm sharing with you this morning. No devil anywhere. Praise the living God. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil and to deliver those who are in all their life are subject to the fear of death and have become slaves to the spirit. But God wants to set you free. Hallelujah. Malaika 1, are you there with me? Look at verse 6. A son honoreth his father and a servant his master. If there, if there I be a father, if then I be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Say the Lord of Hosts unto you, O priest, that despise my name. And you say, wherein have we despised thy name? Look at verse 7. You offer polluted bread upon my altar. And you say, wherein have we polluted thee? In that saying, the table of the Lord is contemptible. Verse it. And if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee? Or I said that person, say, it, the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. You know what honor means? Right there. Now, think about it. If they say the governor of this state is coming, I love what a pastor did recently. I think when they met him together, governor was coming to the church. He just had this normal service. There's no question of going to the road to do one thing or the other. But think about it. If a governor is coming to worry here, you know what happens. People will go and clean the road, go and do everything, because governor is going to pass by. Am I right? You prize the governor so high, yet you are the one that voted him there. But the father that gave birth to you, even if he is coming, even to pick his phone call is a problem. Why is this not disturbing me? I have my life to live. Which life do you have? He won't even give me rest. Am I the only child? You don't know what you are saying. He said, if you can honor your governor this way, the way, God is saying, the way you treat me, treat human beings like that and see whether they will accept you. So if human beings will not accept you, how are you expecting myself, God, to do what? To accept you. What value do you have for your governors? And what value do you have for your father, your mother, your spiritual father? What is the value? Are they equal? That's the point. Honor your father and your mother. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. This is a very simple. It doesn't, it's not the volume of money you have. You may not have all the monies, but think about it. Have you ever traveled once and you are coming back home and then your father may have somebody who, who can read time and you buy a wristwatch of just 1,000 naira. A wristwatch, 1,000 naira, because your father can read time. I remember when I was in the village, I used to have one man with us. He doesn't know anything. One, two, three. I have no idea. But it's always with wristwatch. He can't read the time. It's always with wristwatch. (laughs) Because the doctor used to buy him wristwatch. I like the man. He will wear, even if he goes to the farm, he will wear it. (laughs) He has a wristwatch. (laughs) You know, he was, he was very happy, very proud. Do you understand that? I might mean, think about it. When you travel, when you do things, do you think about your mother? Do you think about your father? Honor your parents. Maybe well with you. No devil can touch you. I'm just being honest with you. No spirit, no wish, no wizard, no, nobody can touch you when you know how to honor your parents. It's not possible. You will live long. I say you will live long. Because your spirit is changing, you will live long. Because your mind is changing, you will live long. Because understanding is coming to you, you will live long. Stand up and let's pray.